0: We're in a journey, and uh, there are things and parallels that we can identify with the people of Israel because they're in a journey. And today I just want to, to wrap it up really because I think we've got two more Sundays, and I wanted for today's sermon to kind of point to what we're going to celebrate in two Sundays. We're going to be talking about Easter and the resurrection. But in the same time, I just don't want to, for us to lose sight of what's going on with this particular group of people, and what are the lessons that God is teaching them, and how are they responding to this teaching of God. So our main focus this morning would be on, well, basically the first 12 verses of um, Exodus chapter 12. Um, and again, I'd like for somebody uh, to read um, Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 to 12, please. Thanks, you.
1: The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, heads, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste, It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord.
0: Thank you. There is a lot in 12 verses, isn't it? But also we need to remember that this is the 10th plague that God is allowing to happen in Egypt. Nine have gone by. And we saw a little bit Pharaoh last week on Pharaoh. None have gone by, and they still have not softened the heart of Pharaoh. So the whole, the whole consequences of this hardening of hearts are quite intense. And I think it is the Passover that kind of sets the tone for the, actually, it's quite severe, Pharaoh. So, back off. It is intense because, actually... It's not only the firstborns of the families of Egypt that they are going to die, but it's also the firstborns of their animals. Can you imagine what has been going on in those circumstances? The first thing that came to mind was in such a polytheistic country, and polytheistic culture, like Egypt it was with many gods sitting around. It reminded me a little bit about the story of Noah. That Noah was doing his job and nobody paid attention until the rain. And here we've got this Plagues, this constant reminder that actually God is kind of, as we said, He is discounting the gods of Egypt. And people are not getting it. Pharaoh is not getting it. And therefore, God has to cause something which is incredibly difficult. But actually, which was very The done thing just when Moses was born, when Pharaoh wanted to kill all the firstborns of the Jewish people because he was scared of them. So there is quite an intensity in this whole story of the Passover. But also I think it's intense from the Jewish side of things with all the details of the things that they had to do at the same time, again, I want to go back to the story of Noah, that they had to rely on Moses' word that told them that God has asked us to take a one year old lamb, spotless without defects sacrifice him and do something with the blood of the lamb so that we can Not be touched when the Passover happens. So it's all this. Can you imagine the conversations that would have been going in the people? But in the same time, God was preparing them because this requirement for the lamb, it was not immediate. They had to keep the lamb for 10 months. Sorry, for 10 days before the sacrifice. So there is this moment of preparation. But all in all, the whole story of Passover is intense. One of the commentators was saying, it's so intense and so harsh that on that night, there was whether a dead baby, or a dead firstborn, or a slaughtered lamb. There was no other way Because God was passionate to set his people free and take them to a place where they would worship him. Intense. Tenth plague. The response of Pharaoh, he gets the point. And at the same time, he's still battling with the idea, is this right or not? What would happen if we let the Israelites go? The other thing that I wanted to draw our attention this morning is the practicalities of the Passover. All the observances of it. God is very clear in what he asks his people. And I just wanted to stop so we can just think a little bit and how how we can... Kind of identify with a few things. The first thing that God says is that the Passover is a feast that needs to be entering the calendar of this community of faith. If you read the beginning of chapter 12, it says it should be the leading month, it's the month that sets the tone, it's the New Year's resolution for the people of Israel, because I am God, and I'm going to take you out of bondage, out of slavery. I've really been struck by one word this week, and I have not come yet to final thoughts about that, but one of the words that would really ring a bell with us in the 21st century, much more than bondage and slavery, is hostage. Hostage, sorry. Um, Hostage. And um, here we've got a people who's been kept hostage. And God is going to set them free. Another practicality with this feast is that actually it's a feast with a focus on the family. It's a joint thing. As much as that, also it's a feast in the community. And if you look into the scriptures, this is the first time where the Jewish community is addressed as the congregation. If you look at chapter 12, verses um, 3, Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. So it was, was a moment that actually identified the family and what they were to do with their own families, but at the same time addressed that this was part of the community of faith. And then the practicality of choosing an animal to sacrifice. Not what the Jewish people wanted, not what they could afford, but what God wanted. So, so again, that element of altar of coming to God on his own terms, and realizing that these are the practicalities, these are the requirements, The other thing is that all of this was to be done in a haste, in alertness. They also had to make some bread without yeast. All of these things were quite symbolic, but at the same time, they were so fit for the moment because God was trying to tell them, Something that they could understand the story of deliverance. And at the same time, God was going to present the story of salvation for his people with the coming of the Lord Jesus, 2,000 or so many years later. But here we've got the practicalities of the Passover. And we're saying, well, what is there for us? What is there for us if 1 Corinthians 5 7 says that Christ is our Passover? What are some of the things that we could be paying attention to? What are some of the things that we, we could identify with as a 21st century Western church and we say, oh yes, I connect with that? Well, let's make it more intentional. What are some of the things that we as a church, as Cairns Road, can say that, yes, we can connect with that? I want to draw your attention to what is going on, actually, with um, changes in staff, with where we are as a church, with people joining, with people leaving. Let's be honest about it. What is this all about? And the irony of it all is that we chose, and I was really convinced that we needed to do something about Ezra and Exodus before I knew what was going on. And that's, that's how God's sense of humor is. That in the light of what's going on, with Carol being called to finish her ministry, with preschool, and really sense that God is, sensing that God is leading her somewhere else, with Fiona, our youth worker, living in two weeks' time, with the conversations that we have had for the last two or three years as a church, that actually everything that we do, as Cairns Road needs to be put on the table. And we ask the question, God, what is there for us? And I come back to that question that in one sense, sorry, I come back to that statement that in one sense, I truly believe that as a church, as a community of faith, we are in a journey. We are in a journey and I can sense that from the buzzing, I can sense that from the conversation that I have with individuals, I can sense that with, when I see the way that's, we're looking and we're waiting on God in the way that we are expecting God to show up, there is this ongoing sense that actually we are on a journey. And I think I'm very conscious that this is one of those moments that is so delicate that we can get things wrong. As a congregation as leadership, as the body of believers. So I really want to plead with you to pray for us as leadership, to pray for one another, and to pray for God's direction because there is none of us here that wants to get things wrong. None of us. But at the same time, it's very clear that one of the things that came clear from the practicalities of Exodus was this total surrender to what God wanted to do with his group of people, to set them free from hostage, from bondage, to this place that they can go and worship him. And that's what I long for myself, for the leadership, For each and every one of us, that we come to that place that we say, God, if it's a lamb, if it's blood on the posts, if it's anything, we're going to do it. Because actually, we've given up doing it our way. We want to do it your way. So, in that sense, I just want to, I don't want to spread panic, but I just want to, to express that this is where we are as a church in a very delicate moment where we can get things right and time it with God, or we can just rush into things and not pay attention to God, what God is saying. So we're going to use the next ta- part of the service to even have some time of prayer and sharing about this. But I've got a final point with Exodus. And the final point of Exodus was that To the surprise of the Jewish people, to the surprise of Pharaoh, to the surprise of the Egyptians, the Passover happened. With foundation, we've been going through the book of Acts in the first part of our gathering, and one of the things that came very clear with the young people was that God has got his has got the final words so God wanted people to be set free so they could go and worship him Pharaoh didn't and do you remember that conversation that we had two or three Sundays ago it's a matter of who serves who and who wins this battle and of course for Moses, there was no doubt. But that doubt had to be removed by that fresh revelation of God, whether through the burning bush or whether through the revelations of the miracles that happened. So if God is going to bring about change in the group of people like us, what does that look like? First of all, it's uncomfortable. For the Jewish people, It meant to live all their lives that they had for 430 years in Egypt. Dump them, pack the most necessary things, and just take a lump of dough without yeast and follow instructions. Radical. Painful. We see how painful it was, because if you read chapters 14 and 15, they start grumbling to Moses and say, we're better off in Egypt. Why have you brought us here? They're going to kill us. But change is what God wants. And change is changing from somewhere to somewhere else. From bondage, from slavery, to freedom, to worship God. The question that we have is, that I have for myself, because I know that it is uncomfortable, but also I know that God wants it. The question that I have is, do I want it? And how this is going to come about, we don't know. But do you remember the theme of Christmas? Surprised by joy. I think that that theme of Christmas, I wanted to do a review of Christmas stories as well, and the Christmas sermons that we have had, and the Christmas input and conversations that we have had. But still, I want to come to that place. They say, God, we want to expect you to work here, Surprise us. We don't always get it right. But at the same time, we want to have the joy of following you. So do it. God wanted to set his people free to this place of worship. Because He was the great I am. And the truth of the matter is that the same God of Abraham and Moses happens to be your God.